And now, a message from Pastor Josh Carmody. So welcome to All Church Sunday. You've been welcomed already. I'm Josh, one of the pastors here at New Covenant. And we do, we like to do this. We like to hang out uh, with family and worship together. It's the end of the year and uh, everybody's still in a food coma from this past week. Can I get an amen? Amen. And I didn't get the amen from the rest of you because like I said, you're in a food coma. So um, we're glad you're here this morning and uh, we want to talk about sharing the hope. You and I, we should always be ready to give an answer, to give an explanation for the hope that we have in us. Okay, I'll say it again. We should always be ready to give an answer for the hope that we have in us. We have a hope, Jesus Christ, the hope, the Savior of the world living in us. His spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. Even, even after Christmas and right before the new year, on December 29th, 2019, the Holy Spirit lives and breathes in us and we are alive. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. So we should always be ready to give an explanation of the hope that we have in us. Let's look at first Peter three this morning. It says, now who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they'll be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it's better to suffer for doing good if that's what God wants, than to suffer for doing wrong. All right? So that's our scripture uh, for this morning. I want to talk about three things in that passage of scripture. I want to talk about three things. Everybody say three things. things. But first, I want to define this word hope. Here's what this word hope. When we say share the hope, when we say the hope that is in Christ, this is what this word means. It is a confident expectation. That word hope is a confident expectation in the promises of God. In the promises that God has made to us, we are confident and we expect that they will come true. Amen? The Bible says that by his stripes we have been healed. So we can have a hope. We can have a confident expectation that we will receive healing, whether that's physical or emotional or whatever it is, that our God is the God who heals. Amen? And so we can believe that and hope, and not a, I wish he would heal me, but a confident expectation that our lives can be whole, that our lives can be changed from the inside out. So hope finds its strength in the faithfulness of God. Did you know that God is faithful to you? God is faithful to all of us. The fact that you're alive this morning, you have, le- you have breath in your lungs. He's put you on this earth for a reason and for a purpose, and he has good things in store for you and for me. Am I yelling? I feel like I'm yelling a little bit this morning. I am not in a food coma currently. So check back with me in a few minutes, or not a few minutes, later on this afternoon. Let's go with that one. We got another Christmas today. We're gonna have fun. Um, so hopes, a confident expectation in what God has promised. So let's look at these three things in these scriptures. First one we find is suffering for doing what is right. Has anybody ever suffered for doing something good or just for no apparent reason at all? You just suffered. Anybody? Where are you at? Kids, any kids in here? Have you guys ever gone to school and all of a sudden your te- you're like, my teacher just doesn't like me? Has anybody ever felt that? Yeah, a few of you. Thanks for your honesty. How many of you have ever been like a kid at school was messing with you and you're like, I didn't even do anything to deserve it, but they were messing with you. Anybody? Adults, you're at work and someone starts messing with you and you're like, I didn't do, (laughs) I didn't do anything, right? All right. So these things happen. We suffer 
for no good reason. I saw Anna and Mel up here. They were both like, that's what, the la that's what was going on over here. They work here together. Um, with me, what? I'm not the stressor. Well, that is, that's got, you know what? Amen. We're going, we're done. So sometimes you have to suffer uh, even when you make good choices or you suffer for no apparent reason, it seems. And this scripture says that uh, it's better to suffer for doing what is right than to suffer for doing what is wrong. Anybody ever suffered for something you did that was wrong? I know I have. You make a bad choice and there's a consequence that goes with that bad choice, right? And that I, I would rather not suffer. It says if you can suffer, suffer for doing what is right, for what God has asked you to do, what he's brought you through. Because I know it's no fun to suffer. And maybe today you're suffering through something. Maybe today you feel hopeless in something. And we're talking about sharing the hope. And you're like, how do I share hope when I feel hopeless? Uh, just like the story of the fish and the bread. Like, how do I have, if you have to have something to share in order to share it. It's like, how can I share hope if I'm feeling hopeless? I'm feeling lost today. And here we are talking about hope. How am I supposed to share the hope when I feel like all hope is gone. And here's the good thing. Jesus promised that he would never leave us or forsake us. He sticks closer than the brother. He will never leave us or forsake us. This feeling of hopelessness can lead you into one of two ways. When you feel hopeless, when you feel like all hope is gone and like there's no confident expectation in the promises of God, you're like, nope, they must have missed me. They're for everybody else and not me. Here's the thing. Feeling hopelessness can do one of two things. You guys ready? Can drive us, drive us toward God or away from him. Let me read you a scripture, 2 Corinthians 7, 10, and 11 out of the message. It says this, distress that drives us to God does that. It turns us around. It gets us back in the way of salvation. We never regret that kind of pain. But those who let distress drive them away from God are full of regrets and end up on a deathbed of regrets. And now, isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful all the ways in which the distress has goaded you closer to God? You're more alive, more concerned, more sensitive, more reverent, more human, more passionate, more responsible. Looked at from any angle, you've come out of this with purity of heart. And so this scripture is saying that when we go through things, and we will, John 16, says, in this world, you will, everybody say will. will. In this world, you will, everybody say will. You will have trouble. You will have distress. You will have problems. You will have people coming against you. It will be bad sometimes. If we stop there, it'd be a little depressing. There's another part of that verse, John 16, 33 says, but, everybody say but. But be of, kids, you missed your opportunity. I said you could say but in church and you missed it. But be of good cheer. For I, Jesus, have overcome the world. Man, that is good news. That is hope. So today, maybe you're saying, I am hopeless. I want you to know that, that greater is he who's in you than who's in this world. Jesus Christ is greater than all of those things that come against us. And when we have trouble, he's able to bring us out of it because he has overcome the world. Amen. I like this scripture. It says, isn't it wonderful all the ways in which this distress, this trouble, these problems move you, goad you closer to God. I like this. You're more alive. You're more alive. When you've suffered through something and when you've talked to God about it and when he's brought you through it, you come out of that more alive. You come out of that with a refreshed spirit that says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. 
And so you feel more alive. You're more concerned, more sensitive, more reverent. I like this one, you're more human. How many of us in here have ever gone through something? How many of us have ever struggled through something? How many of us have ever had to go through something and face it and say, God, I need you to take me through it because I can't get through it on my own. You know what that makes you? That makes you human. That makes you human. We have all sinned. We've all messed up. We're all going to have troubles. And that makes us more human. I like this. You are more passionate. You're more passionate. I could talk about struggles that I've gone through in my life and how I've come out the other side of it more passionate and more determined to make a difference in the lives of others and to follow Christ more closely because of what he's brought me through. Because he said, I'm not done with you yet. I still have a plan and a purpose for your life. And you might not know all of it right now, but here's what I want you to do. Be faithful and obedient with it. And I said, yes, that's what I'll do. And that's what he expects from all of us. He doesn't need us to be the best or the greatest or the this or the that. He wants us to be faithful to do the things that he's asked us to do. Kids, when you go to school, that means doing your best for your teachers. That means doing your homework and turning it in on time. It means being kind to one another. Adults, that means when you go to work, you do your very best at work. It means you don't talk bad about the other people around you. Am I going to get any kind of witness from you too? Are we good now? All right. And, it means, it, means, it, means, it means getting along with one another and caring for one another and putting the needs of others first. You're more passionate about what you're doing and the calling that God's placed on your life. When we suffer, check this out, we're moving on. When we suffer for something that we did not cause, something greater is being built in us. When we suffer for something that we did not cause, something greater is being built in us. So I want you to know that as you're suffering, whatever you're going through, that something is being built in you and you'll come out the other side stronger because of it. So because of that, we want to tell others about the hope that is in us. If we've come through the other side, who brought us through it? Jesus Christ brought us through it. So this scripture tells us that when someone asks about to give a reason for our hope. We give them an answer and said, Jesus Christ is our hope. Amen? Amen? Always be ready to explain the hope. Always be ready to explain what brought you from where you were to where you are now. Look at Colossians 1. It says, God decided to let his people know this rich and glorious secret which he has for, everybody say, all people. All people. The secret is Christ himself who is in you. He is our only hope for glory. So we continue to preach Christ to each person using all wisdom to warn and to teach everyone in order to bring each one into God's presence as a mature Christ, a person in Christ. To do this, I work and struggle using Christ's great strength that works so powerfully in me. That's the hope right there. Jesus Christ, he is the hope for glory. He is the hope for our eternal salvation. And I like this. I work and I struggle. I go through this. This is what Paul's saying. Using Christ's strength, using Christ's great strength that works so powerfully in me. Christ's strength works so powerfully in you. That's what got you through the trouble. That's what keeps you moving forward is Christ's strength in us. Amen? And that's what Paul is saying. And so Jesus is our only hope for glory. He died once for all. And that's something to smile about. That's something to smile about on All Church Sunday when we're talking about sharing the hope and we're looking to a new year and we've got friends and we've got neighbors and we've got family members who we love who need to know who Christ is. And you have a story to tell. 
You've been brought from something. You are here. You're not done yet. God has more for you. But who needs to hear the story of your life and what God is doing in you? There's power in your personal story. There's power in telling other people about the good things that God has done in you. You know, when you tell a story, it's pretty simple. It's been told the same way forever and ever and ever. You have a likable character. You have a likable hero who encounters some roadblocks, some setbacks, some struggles, some defeats, but they emerge transformed. But they emerge transformed. What do we want to be? We want to be a community of people transformed by the love of Jesus Christ. So each and every one of us are the heroes of our own story. And God has a plan. And really who's the hero in our story is Jesus Christ. And he has a plan for us, a likable character. Did you know you're a likable character? (laughs) Someone said no. You're a likable character. And listen, I'm not your hero and, and this church is not your hero. Jesus Christ is your hero. No person, no place, no one else can take the place of Jesus Christ as hero in your story. And so here you are, a likable, relatable character who goes through some things. Anybody gone through some things? But you emerge transformed. That's what we want to be as a group of people, a community of people transformed by the love of Jesus Christ. We're going to listen to Amber's story about a life that was transformed. Check this out. Hi, my name is Amber. I've been coming to New Covenant for almost a year now, and this is a little bit about me. My first, I think, push towards learning who God is is when my oldest son, Aiden, was born 11 weeks early. Um, He was in the hospital for quite a while and never really had any major issues like I was always told he would. And that was one of the first times during that period of time that I actually myself prayed. In 2013, when I was going through my divorce, I was questioning a lot of the decisions that I was making personally. Were they the right choices? Was I doing what's best for my kids, for my family? And shortly after all of that happened, I found out that I had cervical cancer and all of that kind of ended up with me not being able to have kids anymore, which answered one of the bigger questions I always asked is why I had kids so young, why didn't I wait? That question was answered because if I wouldn't have had them when I did, I would not have my awesome kids. Through all of those hard times, I, like I said, I did question a lot about faith and what the big picture was, what the point of things was. and. In all of my many trips to Fort Dodge, I always see this New Covenant sign um, just kind of pulling me in, and I never really thought a whole lot about it, but it just was always in the back of my mind. And one night I just decided to Google it and see what it was all about, and I did, and I found out that they offered online services. And you could watch the services online, and somebody dealing with social anxiety, new people, new places really freaked me out and it was just awesome to know that I could get that experience. I was totally that person sitting on my couch in my pajamas drinking my coffee watching the service. I reached out shortly after I started watching online, sent a message that I had appreciated that and I got this really awesome message back saying, hey, reach out to us, you want to get together over coffee, if you need anything, let us know. And 
that in and of itself kind of made me feel even more welcome. And finally, New Year rolls around. I decided, New Year, new me. I loaded my boys up in the car and I said, we're going to church, guys. And the second I walked in the door, I hear, hi, Amber, and it's Josh walking up to me. I guess he recognized me from Facebook. A little weird. I was like, oh, you're a real person. Um, but he introduced me to a couple of people and while the anxiety was really high and it was super nerve-wracking, it was also one of the most comfortable places I think I have ever been. It's just been an awesome experience and especially with the new release of the album, Share the Hope. Like I said, music is huge to me and that is how I connect. I don't connect to people very well, but I connect to music and to songs. And there's one song in particular on the album, uh, Now to Him, the lyric of no heart has gone too far, you finish what you start, I know you're faithful, I know you won't let go, all that. Um, that is my hope, that I know my God is not going to let me go and that he is going to be faithful and he's going to continue my journey growing to know more about him through this church and through all of the awesome people that I have met. Another way that God has been super awesome and faithful in my hope on this journey is I finally was able to muster up the courage to join a community group this last month and I have met some pretty awesome people through that and they've really helped me start to come out of my shell a little bit more and just really want to learn even more and they are accepting of the fact that I don't know everything that I feel like I should know and they make me feel comfortable with where I'm at and are helping me on that journey to get me to where I feel like I need to be. So that's, that's one story of I'm sure hundreds of people who could say hey I have been through some things, God brought me through it, and here's the glory, here's the hope for my life, amen? And, uh, and so that's what we're talking about this morning, sharing the hope. We've been through some things, we have a story to tell, we can tell our story as a likable character who, who's had some problems but has emerged transformed. And then there's one last thing when it comes to sharing the hope. When we share the hope with others around us, we want to do it gently and respectfully. I think this is sometimes where the church has maybe got it wrong is instead of being respectful and kind, we point fingers at people and tell them how bad they are. We tell them they're sinners in need of a savior, which is true, but the way that we say it matters just as much as what we say. And so if we're pointing fingers and saying, you need to know Jesus, that's one way to do it. I would recommend doing something differently. I would recommend being kind and gentle in your speech. And, and scripture backs that up. Look at Colossians chapter 4. It says, be wise. Everybody say, be wise. be wise. Be wise in the way you act with people who are not believers, making the most of every opportunity. When you talk, you should sometimes, you should occasionally. Do you guys, is your body, is it? Yeah, it's on the screen, so you know what it says. When you talk, you should always Man, that is tough. But you should always be kind and pleasant so you will be able to answer everyone in the way you should. Man, that's a good scripture to remember. Be wise. 
How, how, how are we wise? Well, when you talk, you should always be kind and pleasant so you'll be able to answer to everyone in the way you should. You know, people are more open to listen to what you have to say if the words that you're speaking are gracious and kind and pleasant. How many of you would rather listen to someone and hear advice from someone who's speaking kind and pleasant and nice, or would you like to listen to the people who are like, let me tell you why you're wrong and why you're an idiot? First choice, second choice. Some of you are like, yeah, bring on the idiot guy. I want to fight somebody. All right. So, I mean, the first choice, right? We, it, it just, it's the way we are. We want to be spoken to kindly. Look at, look at 2 Timothy 2. I like this. Gently, everybody say gently. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Man, that is so against what we do today. But look at this. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps, maybe. Just maybe God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap for they've been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Man, isn't that cool? They're saying be gentle and gently instruct those who oppose the truth. That's not what we like to do. We like to say, well, let me tell you why you're wrong and let me tell you why you're stupid. We might not say those words, but that's how it comes across. This is saying gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps, who knows, just maybe God will change their minds and their hearts and now they'll know the truth and the truth will set them free. I mean, that's what it's saying. It's saying for they have been, it says then they will come to their senses and escape the devil's trap for they've been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. So we can love others well. We can take the time to not only have Jesus in us and working through us, his spirit that raised Christ from the dead, dwelling in us, making us alive. But now we can speak words that are life-giving, that are encouraging, that are kind and pleasant and gentle. And who knows, perhaps those people that oppose the truth and are yelling at you and saying different things, who knows, maybe because of your kindness, their hearts will be turned and they will know the truth and the truth will set them free. Man, that sounds like a good thing to me. You're, you're telling me that the power of our tongue, the words that we say, like we can help people find freedom? Absolutely. Absolutely we can. We want them to know who Christ is. And the best way to do that is not pointing fingers, but opening our hearts. Opening our lives and serving others. Serving our community and loving people well. And I want to say that as a church body, as a group of people, I know the transformation that has taken place in so many lives and in so many hearts. And I am so encouraged every single week and any time there's an opportunity to help or to do something for others, you guys are so quick to act. I mean, it's amazing. You don't hear of that. When I talk to other pastors and other churches, it's like sometimes pulling teeth to get people to help and to volunteer and to support the community and to actually live out the love of Christ. And I want you guys to know you make it so easy. You are always willing to give and that's because you know who you were and what Christ has done in you. And you are so thankful for all that he has done that you can't help yourself. You gotta give yourself away and help others. And so I want to show this video about some of the amazing things that God's using us to do in this community. Fix your eyes on the prize of life. All that binds, throw it all aside. Don't grow weary and don't lose heart. 
Steve Rowe, the Executive Director of Beacon of Hope. And um, I just want to say how much I appreciate you guys. You have partnered with us, but you not just partnered with us. You, you were there in the very beginning, back in 2010, that we've partnered with you guys. Um, you have supported us. Uh, Pastor Mike served on the board for a while. Uh, and still a number of your um, members still are on our board of directors. And um, you have just been a huge part of our ministry. And, um, but not just financially, but you've also served um, the Moxie and the, the youth group have come and served um, meals and pizza. Uh, they've come and helped in the warehouse and organizing, cleaning, um, and so you guys partnered in many ways besides just financially. And um, we just really appreciate how long you guys have been partners with us. Oh, and I might add, you adopted a room and you guys totally redid, it's our overflow room, which is now where we have uh, seven, eight hospital beds for the people that are in extreme need. But you guys painted the room, you put um, our ceiling fans in and, and got us the curtains and you guys redid that whole room for us. And we appreciate it so much. agency here in the area um, helping low-income families with various services and we are very thrilled to know that we have um, for many years now had the support of New Covenant um, being able to help with donations to various programs that we offer to families um, a lot of what we do wouldn't be able to happen without donations and support from the community so um, just know that the families that we work with are very grateful to receive the help you know, whether it's um, just kind of an ongoing service or more of something when they're in crisis and really in need, knowing that we are here um, to be able to help kind of fill some of those gaps and needs. Um, and we are just very appreciative for all the help. So thank you.
This year, again, with the Giving Tree, uh, 32 families, 100 people that you guys supported, um, bought gifts for, and I just want to say thank you. You guys are awesome. Uh, Year in and year out, just so thankful for your generosity. And so today, let's continue sharing the hope as we go into the new year. Amen? We all have stories to tell. We have people around us who need to hear about the love of Jesus Christ, and there are things that we can do right here in this community to show the love of Christ. Amen? For more information on New Covenant, contact us at 3318 5th Avenue South, Fort Dodge, Iowa, 50501. Or you can call us at 515-955-6222.